Welcome to this session of our Practical Christianity series. Um, did you know that the average, um, the average person spends about 75,000 hours of their life at work? Um, and you also know that uh, not many of us, not many Christians, really have an adequate understanding of God's view on work. Not many have an adequate theology of work. And I, I think it's rather important that we have a solid understanding of God's view on the thing that we spend most of our time on. So today we're going to be speaking about work. Um, I'm very passionate about it and I hope that you'd be blessed by it. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this opportunity and I want to bring my heart and mind to you now. And I pray that you'd move through me in Jesus' name. Lord, in every heart listening, we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would touch us with your truth in Jesus' name. Amen. So when I speak to Christians about the reason for work and God's view on work, most of them would reference one or two things. So they would either say, well, it's because of the fall that I work, because of the curse that God placed on Adam, and therefore I work. God said, um, you'll eat by the sweat of your brow, so I work for because of the curse, or they say, well, I work because I need to provide. I need to make money in order to sustain our life. And uh, hearing those two things, are, those are the reasons why I came to the conclusion that not many Christians have an adequate theology about work. And I do think we need one. So we're going to start with a few of the basics today. Um, three easy to remember concepts that we're going to use to kind of uh, frame this message in is his blessing, his business, and his boundaries. So we'll be speaking about his blessing, why work is a blessing from God, um, that God has got business to do on earth and we can partner with him, and what his boundaries are that we should adhere to. So you can remember that whenever you think of uh, why work, what's God's view on work, just remember his blessing his business, his boundaries. So let's get into his blessing. I'm going to read Genesis 1 verse 27 to 28. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Here we read that at, at creation, where mankind was made in the image of God, remember the God, the first thing we read about God is that God worked. Now he creates mankind in his image, and he blesses them with who he is, and he says, be fruitful and increase in number, first of all, and secondly, he says, work rule over the fish the birds over every living creature that moves on the ground rule over it this is as i'm sure you can recognize a lot of work to rule over all of creation and we must see that god didn't give this as a curse work didn't come from the curse but work was before the curse because god is a god that works and because of the, because he loves work so much gave it to us as a blessing. Now, we know that something went wrong soon afterwards and um, Adam and Eve sinned and the seed of that sin is in all of us and that's why we need to be saved by Jesus. 
um, and the work he did to pay for that sin. But curses were, were invoked. And one of the curses that the fall invoked is that God said that from now on you will eat by the sweat of your brow. That means from now on you will you'll have to work for what you want to eat. Now that sounds like the way we have it right now, doesn't it? But one thing we should realize is back then, before the fall, God told Adam and Eve, here is your home. Here you can, you can eat of all these trees, all these plants. He provided for them fully without them having to work for it. Because that's what a father does to his children, for his children. He provided fully and they worked not to earn to get food. They worked because it was a blessing to work with God. And that changed at the curse. Now, many would say, but that's because that's why we work, because of that curse. But didn't Jesus die to free us from the curse? Did he not hang on a tree so that we can be free from the curse? On those who the Son is set free, free indeed. And from that perspective, we read Matthew chapter 6, where Jesus is introducing the kingdom of heaven. And here Jesus is saying, once again, the same thing in from verse 25 to 33, he goes on and he says, listen, don't worry about your life, what you'll eat, what you'll drink, what you'll wear. For the Gentiles worry about these things, but will your father in, in, in heaven not look after you? And he says, you first seek the kingdom of God and all these things will be added. Once again, Jesus comes and separates remuneration from work because our father provides for us. So do we work because of the curse? No, work was given as a blessing. Do we work to earn money primarily? No, our Father looks after us. We work with God in whatever He leads us into as a blessing. So we need to, when we want to receive work in this world to be a blessing, this is a spiritual exercise where we contend with the forces in this world um, where the way things are done and the things that are done doesn't look like blessings, it doesn't feel like blessings. We contend spiritually with this and say, I do not receive work as a curse anymore. I reject it because of the blood of the Lamb. I say no to the curse and yes to the blessing that work was supposed to be. And whatever environment I'm in, I can trust God that He would show me how this can be a blessing to me and all those around me. So we need to reject the curse, say that out loud, and reject the fact that we sometimes believe that we are under it. Second thing, as we've touched on, you, we need to renounce that we sometimes think that we work for money. Um, working primarily for money, as I've showed earlier, is actually submitting under that curse. He's saying, I'm submitting under this worldview where, where I'm cursed and therefore I need to earn my way. Before the fall and after Christ, or after the work Jesus did, he says, though you are separated because your father cares for you, come and work with me. Come, I'll make you fishes of men. You seek first the kingdom of God. I will look after you, whatever that looks like. So we reject the curse. We don't work for money. And then very importantly, to just wrap up this first part of the blessing, one thing that often steals the blessing from us is when we, in our minds, think that we work for man and not for God. So we think, um, um, 
working at a specific company. So I labor for this company. I labor for that person, that manager. In uh, Colossians 3, we read, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you'll receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. So whatever workplace you're finding yourself in, whatever work God has led you in, because we trust that you would, as you seek God, be led by Him to wherever you should be. But wherever you then find yourself, remember that you're working for God. Your reward will be from Him. Your reward is not your salary. You are serving the Lord Jesus in that way. So don't work for man. Don't work for money. Reject the curse to receive the blessing that God intended work to be. Let's move on. His business. God's business. God is a father <laughs> and he works. He's always been at his work. Um, Jesus said in John 5, he said, My father is always at his work to this very day. And I too am working. God is a working God. Our father is working. We are his children and he's calling us to come and partner with him. That's one of the greatest things of our faith is that our God, our Father, invites us into the family business and say, I've got business to do. I've always been at my work and there's something that I want to work with you on. And it's our privilege to say, God, I realize and see that you've always been working. Father, show me as Jesus was on earth saying, I want to see what it is that you are doing so that I can form part of the family business and do my part in the family business. Whether that's working in a specific company with a specific purpose, whether that's working in an incredibly difficult environment where God wants to bring light, whether that's doing your own thing as an entrepreneur, whether it's starting an NGO, being in ministry, being a mission, or what, what, whatever it is, I'm trusting that we'd be able to just clear our pages um, before God and say, God, what is it that you're doing? Father, what is it that you're doing that you're inviting me as your son, as your daughter into, into the family business? Um, Jesus said that he cannot do anything on his own accord, but only as he sees the Father doing it. And we are called, Scripture also says that those who claim to be in Christ must walk in the same way that he walked. And so we are to walk like Jesus walked in the way Jesus walked, was to see the Father and live in response to the Father. So we're called as his sons and daughters to partake in his business, seek him to find what it is. Ask if you could see, if he would show you that part of his work that he is wanting to invite you into. Now, um, what is God's business on earth? What is the work that God has been doing? And there's a few things that I might highlight that might make help you to make sense of the work that you are doing or the things that God might want to call you into. Because oftentimes I speak to Christians and, and when they speak of the work of God, they primarily speak of evangelism and discipleship. They speak of ministry, they speak of church ministry kind of things when they think of the work of God and the kind of things that God would call one into. Um, so what has God's business been? 
from the beginning, the first thing we see God do is God created order and beauty out of chaos. That's the creation story. There was, there was nothing. There was a void. There was no life. Um, the earth was void and without form. There was chaos in a way. It wasn't beautiful. It wasn't orderly. And God came and created order and beauty from chaos from the beginning. That is a God work and it's always been a God work. At this stage um, where we're in, we are busy to re we're busy redeeming things back to the created intention with God. And that process of redemption, a big part of it is to create order and beauty in the world around us. God is a God of order and of beauty. Then also he um, encourages and, and asks Adam and Eve, as we've read, to keep and cultivate the earth, to steward what we've got on this planet. That is our responsibility to do as well and a call from God. Then, of course, to share the gospel, to reach those, to use business, to use our workplaces as a means for us to engage with people that don't know God in such a way that we would be salt and light and where the truth of the gospel message can be shared. We trust God that from there we'll be able to make disciples of all nations. Oftentimes it's easier to get into persecuted countries for business reasons than in what it is if you're a missionary or if you're a pastor. And if we can use business and work in this way, then we can make disciples of the nations also much easier. Um, part of God's work is also, as we read in Isaiah, that j justice and mercy are weighty matters before God, that things should be right, that things should be fair, that justice um, should prevail and that those who cry out for it should receive mercy. There's a lot of, um, there's, there's a lot of careers in this that works on justice and on mercy, ensuring things are right. If you just think about lawyers and advocates, they work into that space specifically and it's not often seen as a work that is actually God's work. Um, done through them. So God is at a lot of different things, doing a lot of things, always has been. Um, what is it that he's calling you into? Um, he's calling you into the family business. Lastly, God's boundaries. Three boundaries I want to bring to you today. First one, Sabbath rest. The second one, anxiety. And the third one, love. Um, so when we speak about Sabbath rest, the first thing that we humans did while on earth, on, on day six, God, we were created, on day seven was the first Sabbath where we rested with God. You see, God starts by working, we start by resting because God's God and we're not. So one of those differences are that we need to rest. Um, God's always been at his work. We should learn to rest. We, we sh should should honor the Sabbath to rest our mortal, fragile bodies and at the same time realize that there's a lot of things that this body can't do. This body needs rest, but God is always at His work. He can do it better than we can even while we rest. And in that way, we, we're growing in our faith while we are resting and while we're restoring our body and soul. And this is the way that God designed it. Sabbath, Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And I think there's so much order in resting, really resting and enjoying one day a week and to, and to put a boundary in 
place that you don't rest when you think you can because then you'll end up never resting but you set up boundaries to stay in God's boundaries and to almost um, keep in mind the, the Exodus 31 13 scripture where God says above all these laws keep the Sabbath as a blessing to you to keep you safe in work because God did make us to work really hard <laughs> He really did. And working hard is really good. He said, work six days, rest one. Let's stick to the way that God created it if we want to receive his blessing in it. The next thing is anxiety. God wants us to steer clear from anxiety. Whenever we're fretting, whenever we're anxious, we're moving outside of the will of God and the purpose of God for our lives. Because God is God. He's the prince of, of peace and his kingdom is of righteousness and peace and joy. That's what his kingdom is. So if we receive anxiety, and sometimes we even think anxiety is necessary for us to get things over the line, we're moving outside the boundaries that God has set. Um, Psalm 37, 8 says, Do not fret, because it leads only to evil. Now, sometimes we would fret um, in a way. We'd be anxious because uh, we think that we should work harder to achieve good. I'm anxious for good. But here scripture says, no, no, no. You can't even be anxious for good because it leads only to evil. So even if you're trying to be anxious for good, evil will come of it. Don't be anxious. Many times in scripture, we, we are commanded this thing where in Philippians 4, 6, and I think Peter also wrote, it says, do not be anxious. It is a commandment that we are actually given. So if it's a commandment, it means we can do it. Through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, we can reject anxiety over our lives, embrace the peace of God, have our minds stayed on Him, as Isaiah says, and be kept in perfect peace. And when we pick up on anxiety, we need to realize that we're moving outside the boundaries that God has set for us to work in. The last one is love. 1 Corinthians 13 says that love is patient, love is kind doesn't envy, it doesn't boast. It's not proud, it doesn't dishonor others. It's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Now, if you've ever worked, you would know that these things are rife in working environments where people are dishonored, where people are self-seeking, easily angered, where they keep records of wrongs. Um, people are not patient and kind, but, but for us as believers, we need to realize that nothing is ever worth going outside the boundaries of love for. We cannot say, well, because I need to get this project over the line, I just had to drive it really hard, become unkind, self-seeking, easily angered to get this thing over the line. That means you've moved outside the boundaries of God and His blessing cannot be on what you are busy doing because you're forsaking the way that He set up. And nothing is worth going outside of His boundaries for. So... His boundaries, Sabbath rest, keep it, anxiety, stay away, repent of it, love, don't go outside of it in any situation. Now you can just imagine if, if you're in a place of rest and if anxiety is, you're always working to reject anxiety in your life, which I want to add and remind you again, it is possible. You're not a victim to anxiety because the Bible says do not, which means that you can obey it through the power of the Holy Spirit. You're not a victim to anxiety. You don't have to be anxious. You can reject it. Now, if you can reject anxiety and work on, on that peace plan of yours, 
resting, having Sabbath rest and staying within the boundaries of love, that to me sounds like a blessing. That to me sounds like an environment where I would feel blessed. And so I believe that work is given to us as a blessing. And I believe that the Father's got a business that is calling you into. Find what that is. And I believe that He gave us boundaries in His Word that if we would keep to them, that we would be able to achieve whatever His business wants and that we'll be able to enjoy it as a blessing. So receive God's blessing, join God's business, and stay within God's boundaries. God bless you. Bye-bye.